Hey everyone, this is Jake and I'm here with DIY extraordinaire Kyle aka Kaizen DIY Gym. We're sitting here in his lovely basement gym and are going to just discuss some recent survey results and talk about his experiences doing uh, content in the DIY home gym space. Thanks for having me over, Kyle. Hey, thanks for coming over. Good workout this morning. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I got, a, I got a good opportunity to get a nice little tour of the basement gym and uh, do a number of movements with the DIY stuff. So that was fun. All right, let's let's dive in. Let's hear it. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start off by just simply talking about some recent survey results that we uh, asked the community about DIY projects in the home gym space. This is awesome, man. I'm looking forward to hearing these results. Yeah, and Kyle has not seen the results. So some of these will probably be pretty surprising and also maybe helpful. Yeah. All right, number one, overall level of interest in DIY projects for your home gym. The possible answers were either neutral, low, medium, or high. Um, so not a lot were real neutral about this. Only 9% said neutral. Low, about 33%. Medium was at 37%. And then high, 21%. So it kind of seems like it's not really at the top of most people's interests. But um, just about 57, 58% voted either high or medium. So I feel like that tracks with what I've been seeing online as well. Like, um, people are either into it or they're not into it. Um, and the people that are into it, they range between like they have some experience or maybe they're interested in, in doing it in the future. But uh, yeah, it's not, it's definitely not for everybody. Yeah. It's not for everybody, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who are, who would vote in this, the low interest level, mm -hmm. but really appreciate right. a good DIY project or just part of it we were discussing earlier, it's just entertainment. Yeah. It's uh, entertaining to see somebody build something from scratch. Right. Uh, it's impressive. It's, it's, I mean, like keep in mind, like think about all those, how many hours certain people spend watching DIY or just home shows, you know, mm -hmm. on uh, HGTV. Right. And they're definitely not planning on building much of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I follow a ton of woodworkers on Instagram that like are just years beyond my skill set stuff I'll never be able to do, but I love watching it because it's fascinating just seeing the steps to get to that end result. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, next up, have you completed at least one DIY project for your home gym? If you had to take a guess based thinking about garage gym experiment audience compared mm -hmm. to yours, how many, what percent do you think said yes? I would say probably like 50% have done something. 68.9%. So nice. Over two out of three. That's even better than I thought. Nice. Yeah. So just like thinking about it, it seems like a lot of people at least have some sort of storage mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, I would say primarily storage yeah. would be the number one option. Yeah. It's definitely like a good way to dip your toes in the water to see if this is something you would really want to do. Yeah. Low risk too. Cause if your toaster rack breaks, you're not going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Right. And we have, we have some other uh, build or buy questions later. So let's see kind of what, what uh, is of interest to most 
And then also just to be able to compare, we wanted to see how, what percent of people have completed at least one DIY project in their home. Mm -hmm. And that was about 85%. So nice. it was expected. Yeah. Most people have done at least something. All right. How many home gym DIY projects have you completed? So 40% have completed either zero or one. 40% have also completed two or three. 12% have completed four to five, and then 8% have completed five or more. So kind of that pretty much aligns with the question above, but um, most people have, have done at least something. Um, two to three was the most popular answer overall. Yeah. As expected. That sounds about right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know a whole lot of people who have a full DIY gym or like 90% of their gym is DIY. There's a handful uh, I've seen on Instagram, but most people have a mix between DIY and stuff that they've purchased. So that tracks. That sounds right. I'd be curious to know, like, what would your gym look like if you weren't doing DIY content? Yeah. I'm sure you have you have a number of DIY projects like the lake press and the jammer arms and um, some other miscellaneous items. But I feel like you would still do you would definitely still do the storage because the storage I, looks perfect. I did. Yeah, the the plate storage on the wall was the first thing I did in this gym. And uh, the second big project was the dumbbell rack. And that's sort of what put me on the trajectory to start making content out of it. All right, so most people are doing a couple at least. Uh, next up, what are the chances you'll do a DIY project this year, either low, high, or medium? Um, this this answer is pretty spread out. About twenty seven percent say that it's a high chance they'll create something. Thirty four percent say medium, and then thirty nine percent say low. So yeah. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. And then what interests you more? DIY projects or home gym hacks? Do you have a guess? As so when I took the survey, home yeah. gym hacks had like the majority of the votes. I don't know if it changed since then. Yeah. So when we're doing the survey responses, I would say after uh, an hour, mm -hmm. the answers are typically locked in mm -hmm. because we are getting, there are like thousands of votes. Right. Um, so home gym hacks was the winner with 67% versus 33 for DIY projects. Yeah. So about two out of three more interests, um, in home gym hacks, I would say based off of like Instagram likes and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Garage gym experiment gets quite a bit of saves for the DIY projects, but when it's a hack, mm -hmm. you, you definitely see more. That makes sense. I feel like. A lot of people may not have the background or the tools or necessarily the space to build stuff. So a hack is like still a way to modify your stuff without, you know, going all in and, and building and putting yeah. stuff together. Yeah. Speaking of, or just thinking about all of the comments you get on your posts, what would, what do you, what would you say would be the number one objection to people? for people to to just say, I'm not going to do that. Why would you even do that? Yeah. A lot of people don't have the tools and they don't have the workspace. So somebody living in an apartment who, you know, maybe has a power rack in the second bedroom of their apartment, that's it for their free space. They don't have like a workshop, 
Um, and then a lot of people don't have the basic tools. I try to make these tutorials, you know, pretty basic. Some of this stuff is pretty basic, but you know, people don't even have like a miter saw or a, a drill to use. So that's definitely a big inhibitor. Got it. And it seems like with home gym hacks, you pretty much just have to have the equipment and right. then you can buy a couple of usually like a couple of things that are under 10 bucks to usually modify it a right. little bit yeah. and you have a whole new lift or safety space or something like that. Yeah. All these jammer arm hacks that have been coming out are pretty awesome. Like to be able to like the jammer arms are a pretty big, um, investment in your home gym. So to be able to do a wide variety of things with them, like I've seen them used as a calf raise recently. I've seen people yeah. use them for yeah. like leg extensions, like being able to get that many more uses out of it makes that purchase that much more worthwhile. Yeah. It's pretty cool. A lot of entertainment definitely mm -hmm. uh, out there. Yeah. Entertainment. And then like, like you said, so much variety and with the jammer arms on all it seems like you need is something to prop th prop them into the right position and you can do uh just about anything with them right yeah it just takes that they're not cheap for one and it takes a little bit of work each time setting it up yeah you can pretty much get a, a lot of different com you, what you would think about commercial lift type movements right with those jammer arms uh next up Build or buy. So this was a list of a number of items where you simply needed to state whether you were going to build or buy them. So we had eight different op or we had eight different um, products that we asked about. And I'll just quickly list them. Uh, so number one was power rack, deadlift platform, plyo box, jammer arms. Preacher pad, mass storage unit, barbell storage, and plate storage. All right, so there was one easy winner here. Which one would you guess would be the highest percent of percent build? Um, you want me to list them again? No, 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 no. I remember. And I, I sort of, so I took this survey. Right. And so right. when I take the survey, I see all of the, like the percentages of votes prior to me taking the survey. So I feel like that's a little bit unfair. Um, but I don't remember exactly what everything was at. If I had to go off of not knowing the survey, um, from that point, I would, I would say plate storage, because for me, that was the easiest thing. And that was the thing I started with. Um, but I don't think it was that for the survey results. Yeah. It was deadlift platform. Yeah. So 69% yeah. said they would rather build than buy a deadlift platform. For sure. Yeah. I think that makes sense because yeah. the deadlift platforms are not cheap and um, it's so easy to throw together. It's just more stall mats and plywood. Right. It's not something that, I mean, it seems like just about something that just about anybody can, can do. Yeah. And I think you have to just keep in mind a deadlift platform is something that most people aren't going to add. They'll probably just stick to, um, they'll probably just stick to horse stall mats. Yeah. All right. So deadlift platform, easy. Number one. The, the bottom of the list was a little bit closer. Um, so we had, two, wait, let me just ask you, what do you think was the bottom two? 
I think power rack is probably the bottom. Right. Yes, you're right. Um, just because you can buy a decent power rack for, you know, not, not super expensive for a decent power rack and to build one is just a lot of work. Um, the next one though, what are the options? So we've got, I'll just say it's none of the storage units. Okay. So it's either plyo box, preacher pad or jammer arms. Oh, jammer arms. It is. Jammer yeah, arms. yeah. 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 We actually buy quite that. Uh, so that makes sense. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just go down the list um, again of the highest percent to build to the lowest. Okay. So deadlift platform, sixty nine percent percent would build it. Plyo box came in them at number two, so forty four percent say they'd rather buy it. Or sorry, forty four percent said they'd rather build a plyo box. Plate storage beat out barbell storage for third place, so plate storage. 40% barbell storage, 36% mass storage unit. So something that you can put your dumbbells, kettlebells, or right, yeah. miscellaneous items. Um, that's another item that is really expensive for what it is for most companies. And you can also customize it pretty well mm -hmm. uh, for um, if you want to build it. Um, that received 32% build. And then the Preacher Pad, the new product from Abmat that was invented by Garage Gym Lab, only had about 20% would rather build it. Mm -hmm. So 80% of these people would most likely buy it. And then Jammer Arms and Power Rack at the bottom. So I can see that. If I was ranking them, I would have ranked them different. I probably would have put plate storage, barbell storage at the top. Um, they're definitely easier to make than a plyo box, uh, depending on how you do the plyo box. But like this one that is currently sitting in front of us, like it's pretty intricate with these joints and, you know, putting it together. So I wouldn't expect that to be on the top of the list for like easy, easy projects to knock out. But the rest makes sense. I mean, jammer arms, if you're looking at traditional jammer arms, like there, it's really hard to figure out a good way to fasten them to the uprights um, to do it DIY. And uh, power rack is like the ultimate beast. Yeah, I know we 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 kind of came up with this list together. But was there anything that you would anything that we should have asked about that you can think of? I've had a lot of people hit me up about doing DIY barbells, and yes. uh, yeah, I I personally don't really feel comfortable, or I feel like you know you might as well just buy a barbell for the amount of work and stuff and you know, potential like safety risk, but I'd be curious to see since I've been getting that request so much, like how many people actually would want it or do uh -huh. they want to just see me make it? Like, are they going to do it I, or is it just the entertainment value to watch me struggle I, with it? Yeah, I'm sure it's more of the entertainment aspect. Yeah. Yeah. That would take quite a bit of time and it seems like it'd be difficult to come up with the resources for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now aside from that, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff around here that the, uh, belt squat platform, I'd be curious to see if people would want to make that or build one. I mean, yeah. build one or buy one. Yeah, I would say, uh, I tested out maybe seven or eight different things and, uh, the, the belt squat box was my favorite. You have to have some sort of functional trainer or 
pulley system, but that thing was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the, the Q and a section. Cool. All right. So we've all been very impressed with a lot of the projects you've already done within space. You must've been doing some sort of woodworking. Um, before this, could yeah, you, could you just tell us uh, where you gained these sorts of skills, or what were you doing before this? Sure, yeah. So um, basically, I started woodworking in 2015. My family and I moved from California to Indiana, and we went from living in a two-bedroom apartment to having a house with a garage and a basement. And it was a much larger space to live in than our small two-bedroom apartment. So rather than like buy all this furniture to fill up this house. Um, I convinced my wife to let me buy some woodworking tools and learn woodworking while filling up our house with, you know, stuff that we wouldn't have to buy. Um, so I just started making like tables and chairs and desks and bookshelves and all this sorts of stuff. Um, and learning as I go and learning off of YouTube videos and Pinterest and, uh, sort of figuring it out as I went along. Um, somewhere along the line, I started an Etsy shop and was trying to uh, make smaller woodworking things that I could sell. So I started making like bottle openers that were customized and I started uh, doing jewelry displays and um, those started actually being pretty popular. So prior to the pandemic, like the years, a couple years leading up to the pandemic, I was doing mostly jewelry displays and retail displays for craft shows and uh, like retail shops. Um, when COVID hit, everything got shut down, retail stores shut down. So I lost my customer base and I pretty much like I completely stopped making stuff because people stopped buying stuff. Um, rewind to a few months before that, um, about six months before that, my family and I moved into this house that we're currently in. Um, I had gotten into fitness and I started following the home gym subreddit and, uh, started like getting pumped about having a place where I could, where I could, uh, put a basement in my gym or put a gym in my basement. Um, so I started like buying stuff off of Craigslist and slowly putting a gym together, um, through that process, buying more stuff, selling old stuff, sort of upgrading. And it was like February of 2019. Um, no, February, February of 2020, I started realizing that like, I could really do this and maybe make up some of the lost income from, um, you know, not having an Etsy shop anymore. Um, so I spent 2020 buying equipment, fixing up equipment, restoring weights, whatever, um, stocking up my gym, but also, uh, selling the equipment that I didn't use. And through that process, I mean, I, I owned power racks, I owned Smith machines, I owned calf machines, leg extensions. And a lot of these things, I was, I took them into my possession. They were rusty, beat up. I would clean them up. I would take them apart, clean them up, put them back together. And so I started to learn about equipment and how equipment is assembled and, um, and, did that for a good year. That's when I met Jake over here. Uh, we just happened to be live. We happened to live about 20 minutes apart. Um, and he had stuff listed on Facebook marketplace. The first thing I bought from Jake was a, is that called a cat? What is that even called? Calf block. 
calf block, yeah. uh, body solid calf block, way overpriced piece of steel. At the time, I wasn't making my own equipment, so I was like, he had it at a good price. Uh, I went and bought it from him, and that was like the beginning of quite a few interactions we had where I was buying equipment from him. Um, yeah, and then yeah, that's well, sort of... Yeah, I have a few follow-up questions. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you would say you started... When did you move into this house, 2000? Uh, we moved here August of 2019. August of 2019. And when would you say you... When did you put your first piece of equipment in here? So uh, it was such a horrible summer. So we sold our house up north in May. We moved into this house in August, and we were basically homeless in okay. between, where we were we had all of our stuff in storage, and we were just bouncing from Airbnb to Airbnb uh -huh. while we were house shopping. Uh -huh. It was it was awful. Um, yeah. It was like you know three solid months. I think we stayed at five different places. Um, but during that time, like my wife was working, I was home with the kids. I didn't have a job yet because we were basically homeless. So I was like Facebook marketplace, Craigslist every day. And I was compiling all the stuff that would eventually become my first version of my gym and just like buying all this stuff and throwing it in storage. So gotcha. by the time we moved into this space, I already had a power rack. I already had dumbbells. I already had weights. Um, it was all like stuff that I would eventually sell and upgrade later, but uh -huh. uh, it was actually a pretty decent setup when I first got in here. Yeah. Well, I would say you are not the first person that I've heard that have, has, has pretty much said that their home gym was free mm -hmm. because they spent tons of time, tons of time, um, buying and selling on Facebook marketplace and Craigslist and right. ultimately just created the gym of their dreams by piecing it together like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, we, I would say I remember Kyle buying a few things, um, here and there. It really, he would, he would just be, if I put something on Facebook marketplace, I always was putting it at probably pretty low price because you know, I'm not, that wasn't how I was trying to make my, make my money. Um, so he would usually, um, swipe it up real quick and say, I'm coming. Uh, can I come over? I'll be over there any minute. I'll say, yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave it at the door. Um, so I had a feeling, I knew what he, like, I knew he was doing in the flip game. And then one of these days I, I met him out in front of my, I had just moved and I, I just, he, he was like, awesome, Jim, do you mind if I come in? And, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no problem. And I, I think I gave him a little tour. I was like, have you ever heard of the, this Instagram account? <laughs> Garage gym experiment. And he was like, no, no. So I, that's how we uh, started talking. That's how we originally kind of met. Right. Yeah. I, I remember my wording exactly was, do you mind if I geek out a little bit? Because I, at the time was building this and you know, from your surveys, like we don't know a whole lot of people in person who also have sweet gyms. Yes. So it, when I saw it, I was just like, you know, I got a few minutes to kill. Do you mind <laughs> if I look around? You're like, oh no, come check it out. Um, and yeah, then you, you mentioned garage gym experiment and I looked you up and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> like, I didn't know that people could get 200,000 followers. That's, that's crazy. Um, 
and prior to like that particular visit is what um, sort of flipped a switch in my brain. Um, prior to that, like it was um, in 2020, I was looking for a dumbbell rack and I was looking in the, in the marketplace and I just couldn't find one that was either big enough or fit in the space that I had, or, you know, that could accommodate all of my dumbbells. And that was, that was when I was like, Oh no, what I need to do is I just need to make one. So I made one and I posted it in the home gym subreddit, uh, posted a picture of it and got so many comments from people that were like, Oh, what are your dimensions? This is really cool. How'd you make it? Please tell me. Um, so I ended up taking all that feedback. And when I upgraded to rubber dumbbells, um, I needed a, a bigger rack because I had iron dumbbells before. So I was like, okay, this time I'm going to rebuild it, but I'm going to document the whole process. I'm going to take pictures of it and I'm going to put it on my website so people can check it out. And I did that. That was like in August of 2020. Um, and like it, nothing really happened at first. Um, but come like January, February of 21, mm -hmm traffic really started to pick up on my website and um, I was getting like traffic to my Instagram, even though my Instagram had been dead, up, you know, for the year up until that point. Um, so it was right around that time. It was like February, March mm -hmm. that I came over to your house. I saw that you right. were like, you were making a living, making content. And I was like, wow, if I could do that, but with DIY stuff, like that could be my thing. And uh, after that, it was like, um, that was my number one goal. Yeah, I think I think I remember giving you advice. I, I don't know. I don't remember specifics, but I remember knowing you were a woodworker or something mm -hmm. like that. I think I remember telling you, I think there's a market for just building the DIY equipment and putting mm -hmm. it on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. And then I think you must have, I don't know if you looked into that or what, but all of a sudden you started doing the, the flipping, um, a few months before the pandemic started, or you had a little bit of experience. Can you explain how the secondhand markets shifted, um, from before the pandemic then after? Yeah, basically, um, it was like night and day. Um, so before the pandemic, I was selling, um, like a set of 255 pound Olympic plates with a barbell for like 200, 225 bucks. After um, the pandemic and the gym shut down and everything, that same set would easily sell for like four or 500, 600 bucks, depending on, you know, who's selling it. I tried not to scalp too bad, like some of the guys out there, but um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, there were people selling weights for two bucks a pound, three bucks a pound for like, you know, cap weights or wider weights or whatever, like not good, high quality stuff that you'd be willing to pay two or three bucks a pound for. Yeah. Honestly, like when I, when I first started, um, in the space, one of the first, one of the most, uh, one of the tips that a lot of people said was to simply buy used mm -hmm. and that like quickly shifted after the pandemic, While you can still save a little bit of money. You really can't, there's, there's not that big of a difference now in the price right. to, um, marketplace yeah. um, these days. Is, is that what you see too on the marketplace? So you, you have to have the time and the patience for marketplace. Like at the time I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a day job. I was home with my kids, right. um, doing homeschool and stuff. So 
I had the time to sit on marketplace for hours and hours. And as soon as something popped up, I would grab it. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's the only way you're going to be able to get those like really good deals. Otherwise the ones that sit on marketplace for a week are the ones where the prices are really high that nobody wants to buy. Um, so it really just takes the time investment to be able to watch for it. Do you have any really good, um, flipping examples? Like, was there one specific thing where you bought real cheap and then was able to sell for a normal price? Uh, concept twos, concept like a twos. bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, probably like four of those, so like two or price. three more that were like, yeah, basically selling for a new price. And then like they sell like that too. It's not like they're sitting on marketplace for a week. Yeah. yeah that was in the height of it though. But it was through that process that I was, I bought a model B for like 150 bucks and then saw somebody was selling a model C. So I sold my model B to pay for the model C then sold the model C to pay for the model D. So I basically like was able to, um, flip my way up to a model D for free. Got it. And then you, you mentioned you, you would buy things and, and, and clean them up and, and resell them. Can you give a good example of what you did there? Uh, so a thing that I did a lot, um, like a lot of fixing up were uh, leg, like the leg press hack squat combo machine. Um, I had quite a few of those and you could always get them on marketplace for cheap. I mean, you still can nowadays cause a lot of people don't want to go haul them. They're kind of a pain in the ass, but I've, I've got a big ass truck, so yeah. I don't mind. Um, <clears throat> basically just take that machine, take it apart piece by piece. Um, clean it all up, repaint it if it needs it, fix it back up, grease it up and get it out the door. And then usually like in the height, those would sell for like a, a grand each too. I uh, bet, I bet that was real helpful then. Um, or that's a nice jump start into, um, creating your own stuff. If you have to take them, take them, uh, together and then put them back. Right. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, that was basically, uh, a year of learning the intricacies of gym equipment and, you know, different models, how, how different companies do things different ways. Um, and yeah, I took apart a variety of pieces of equipment and put them all back together. And, um, pretty much like now I'm confident, like anything I see on marketplace, I can, I can uh-huh. pick it up, bring it home, tear it apart, clean it up, put it back together and make it look like new. Uh huh. All right. So we, we discussed earlier that you've probably done about 20 to 30 types of DIY projects I'm yeah. sitting in here looking at most of them and they all kind of serve a, their own purpose. Um, it looks pretty natural in here, but do you have a favorite DIY project that you've done? Sort of like with everybody, their favorite piece of gym equipment is their newest piece of gym equipment. Um, it's like that for me too. Like one of the most recent things I built was the rack attached lateral raise. And I just love it, man. It is like so effective at working the shoulders and I've done some upgrades with it. Like since I released the initial video and I've been testing it out, um, adding additional weight pins for consistent resistance is just a killer, man. It feels so good. So that's, that's my favorite. Plus I've, um, tried out using my bulldog pad with it. Um, so you can do like rear delts. If you put your chest on the bulldog pad or put your back against the bulldog pad, you can do flies with it. So 
Um, it's a pretty versatile little piece of equipment for what it is. I mean, it doesn't take up a whole lot of space when it's not on the rack. It's just, you know, sitting over there in the corner. So yeah, it's pretty versatile, pretty effective. I love it. Yeah. That thing is pretty smooth. Um, and I think it's something that a company could, could sell. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to make it, yeah. I'm down. Let's go. I don't think it's something that everyone's going to be interested in, but um, there's millions of people out there. Yeah, there's there's some people that that will definitely add that. I mean, just just look at my Instagram feed. Like since I've released it, like uh-huh. how many people are building them and sending me pictures of their versions? Yeah. Like, it's amazing. There are so many people out there that are willing to DIY this, going back to the survey questions, like out of the audience, how many people are willing to DIY? And then that's just DIY in general. How many of those people are willing to DIY this specific piece of equipment? It's a pretty high number. Like I, I have quite a few people sending me pictures and videos of their rack attached mm-hmm. lateral raised. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, number two, number two favorite. Um, yeah, ah, that's hard. All right. So my second favorite piece of equipment is definitely the uh, bulldog pad. And I love it because it's so simple. It doesn't take up any space, but there's so much you can do with it. It's, it's awesome just for doing chest supported exercises. And there's so many things you can do with it, but you can also lean your back against it and, you know, do incline exercises with it. Um, I like it that I'm starting to be able to, to partner it with other pieces that I've created. Um, it's like transformers or whatever, like you put multiple things together and it it makes something that's even more amazing. So I feel like there's still more that I could explore with it, but definitely my second favorite. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's interesting. I wonder how many people have zero interest in doing a lot of these DIY projects, but are just in it for your personal journey. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool to follow. Right. Yeah. My favorite was definitely the belt squat machine or the belt squat attachment. That was really slick. Um, very easy to use. Yeah. Um, burn the legs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very effective. Yeah. And then one thing that that's really cool about your setup is all of these sit nice and flush against the wall. Like, you mentioned like lateral raise attachment, belt squat attachment, bars, and uh, there's a ton of attachments that just sit perfectly on the wall. So that's the one of the perks of the DIY is just you can customize it to your own space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Looks yeah. awesome. All right. Least favorite DIY project you've done. All right. So this one is... It's not something that I have completed yet, which adds to the frustration behind it, but um, I've been working on for the last two months, a power rack. And uh, I really, I love that I'm making a power rack, but every single step of the process has been frustrating um, from like the design of it. Right now, the most well-known DIY power rack design is the Buff Dudes design, which is on YouTube. And it's a really great design. So. I don't want to recreate something that's already out there. I want to make something that's unique. So from a design aspect, that's challenging. Um, my plan with mine is to do three by three, uh, uprights with one inch holes. Um, 
So that way it's backwards compatible with all of the attachments I've already made. The challenge with that is that four by fours are actually three and a half by three and a half when you get them from the lumber yard. So then you got to shave them down um, to three by three. Um, yeah, so that's challenging. And then the other challenge is that these four by fours, um, they twist and they turn in the different weather and the humidity and the cold. So I brought a batch of four by fours home. I shaved them all down to three by three. Um, I started drilling holes into them and I realized that the holes on the front side were all lined up, but flip them over on the back side, they're, they're not lined up. And it's because the, the post itself had started to warp and bend. And, and I looked down at like all of the ones that I spent this entire weekend working on and they were all warped and tweaked and bent. And I realized I'm going to have to start over. So that's, that's why that's frustrating. I've spent a good amount of time on it so far. I've shot a good amount of footage and it's all basically scrapped. I've got to start over again. Shucks. But my design is really cool. <laughs> like when I make this thing, it's going to be the ultimate. But the other part of it is like, I'm a perfectionist and I'm using this to replace my current power rack. So I'm not going to do some shoddy half-assed job. Like it's got to be good. It's got to be solid. Otherwise, like there's no point in even doing this. Yeah. Yeah. There you Now, you know, he's using it for himself. So he's not just going to put up shitty work. Right. <laughs> and then the last question I have here is just like, what's been the most difficult part in growing your own brand from scratch? Yeah. So it's been challenging. Um, in a, in a wide variety of ways, but the biggest way is that there's no guidebook on how to do this for me. There's no guidebook on my niche and what to do in my niche and how to, how to find my audience and how to serve my audience. That's sort of been something I've been having to figure out along the way. And it's, I'm coming up on a year of doing this, uh, DIY content on YouTube and Instagram. So I've definitely learned a lot and I I've learned through observing bigger accounts like yours and Adams and sort of seeing how you guys interact with the community. Um, you guys posting other people's gym content, not just your own gyms, um, and building a community around that. Um, and so it's, it's really just been following other people and see what works. A lot of my strategy I've picked up from woodworkers on Instagram that aren't making gym content, but they're making interesting woodworking reels and videos. And so taking some of that and mixing that into my own, uh, my own strategy and just sort of like trial and error, see what works, see what doesn't waste time doing something that fails do something that works and, you know, get really excited about it and try to replicate it and sort of doing that for the last year. Sweet. Yeah. Very time consuming. Um, but very rewarding to see, uh, the following keep growing. Sounds good. Well, we'll definitely chat again soon. Um, so I want to leave some questions open, uh, for the future, but thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me over really, really, love the setup. It's, uh, completely, um, it's very exciting to see in person after seeing in on, on the, uh, internet for so long. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. thank you for coming by. I'm glad you got to try out some of my DIYs. It's yeah. like, uh, it's a moment of pride for me to see other people use my stuff and actually like, like the stuff that I've made, enjoy working out with it. So yeah. thank you so much. Love it. And can you, uh, tell people where to find you? Yes, of course. Um, on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, it's under Kaizen DIY gym. Um, I have a website, it's kaizendiygym.com. And then I also have groups on Facebook and Reddit. Um, those are under DIY gym equipment and it's more of a community thing. So find me on one of those platforms, uh, join the conversation. Let me see some of your builds. If you have any questions, I'm available to answer pretty much on any one of those platforms. So hit me up. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you.